Welcome to the Indie Matters podcast, where we talk about the issues that matter most to Nevada. I'm Joey Lovato, the multimedia editor here at The Indie. You may recognize my name from the end of the podcast as the producer, but this week I'll also be hosting. I sit down this week with reporter Daniel Rothberg to talk about his new newsletter, Indie Environment, where he will cover everything from public lands and water to sage grouse and wildfires. In pursuit of our mission to provide reader-supported nonpartisan journalism, the Nevada Independent sometimes accepts sponsorships for the podcast and events that we put on. The sponsors have no inputs on topics or content. This episode of Indie Matters is brought to you by the Nevada Mining Association. All right, Daniel, so how's it going? It's going well. It's been a busy week. Uh, I can't believe it's already Thursday. It's been a, it's been a lot going on this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was in Phoenix last weekend for a water conference, and then I got back and sort of hit the ground running. So you want to tell me kind of you have hit the ground running. So what what's the what have you been what have you been running with? What have you been working on? <laughs> so the big thing that I had been working on this week is a um, we launched a new newsletter and it's called Indie Environment and it's going to be about uh, water and land issues in Nevada and some of the places that affect Nevada like the Colorado River Basin and the Sierras and also looking at the Great Basin which is a, a really underlooked area or underreported area in terms of water and land issues. I think there, there aren't that many reporters out in the Great Basin. So I'm really excited about it. It's going to be a weekly newsletter, sort of a roundup of water and land news in Nevada. And I think it's going to be a really cool way to sort of build more engagement and to sort of get new story ideas and reach out to new groups and, and new people. And is it just going to be your reporting or are you going to have other stuff going on? It's going to be a mix of a lot of different things. My goal is not for it to be just sort of rehashing the stories that I've worked on and for me to be sort of just kind of advertising my stories. That is not what I want it to be at all. I want it to be sort of new content and a roundup of other people's stories. I, um, I'm hoping with the newsletter every week to start out with sort of a reported segment um, something new, something unique, something kind of fun, maybe even two, and then to sort of go into kind of what people should be aware of, what people should know, an interesting story, an interesting podcast. Uh, in this week's newsletter, I featured a story that the Reno Gazette Journal did that was a really fantastic story. Ben Spillman did a story on the effort uh, that Friends of Nevada Wilderness has made to designate a part of Nevada as a dark sky sanctuary. It's a really rare classification. There are only seven dark sky sanctuaries in the entire world. And uh, now one of them is up in Northern Nevada at Massacre Rim Wilderness Study Area, which is a really, really cool area to go camp and to kind of go explore. So, and and I also um, included a story from the, or a couple stories from the Review Journal that Henry Breen's been doing out there. Really cool Colorado River reporting. So yeah, the newsletter is really going to be a mix of a lot of different things. I, I sort of previewed a couple bills in the legislature that I've been watching and that I think are interesting. So we'll see how it goes. And I'm, I'm really open to a lot of suggestions. So if people happen to be listening to this, I don't know what the crossover is like for our podcast and newsletters and the environment, but if all those three things align and you happen to be listening to this, then please email me your suggestions because I would love them or story ideas as well. So you, you mentioned, you know, kind of some of the some of the bills you're paying attention to at the legislature. What what are some of those bills you're paying attention to? That's kind of the big thing that's going on right now, right? Right. 
there are a bunch of bills. I'll, I'll start out with one bill that that, and for me, these bills aren't as much about the hearings and the policies and things like that. They're really, for me, about sort of the larger trends and the larger issues. And one bill for that reason that's been really interesting is there's this push to create a division of outdoor recreation which would essentially create a state-sanctioned recreation office, which Colorado has, Montana has, Utah has. A bunch of Western states have these offices. And what they do is they promote the recreation industry in their states. There's an economic development component. They're, they're trying to promote new businesses. And then there's also a conservation component, trying to sort of protect the public lands that the recreation industry relies on. I think that it's a really interesting idea, and especially in Nevada. Um, I'm, you know, I think from the people I interviewed, there's sort of a cultural element to it. Like, it, I think the recreation economy is often really overlooked, but whether it's Mount Rose or going hunting for Chucker in Battle Mountain, the, you know, recreation, outdoor recreation does play a big role in Nevada's economy. And I think this is sort of a recognition of that. So there is sort of this identity component, I think. What are what are some of the other bills that you you know there's, there's, yeah. so there's a bunch of them going on right so it's and, not just and that one. outdoor recreation you know that's it's not like the most uh, <laughs> the most like controversial policy question or crazy policy question there's probably a lot more bipartisan support for an office of outdoor recreation than there is for a lot of other things I write about I'm also watching a a bill that I previewed in my newsletter today and there's a hearing I think on it as we record this podcast about an effort to or, or a dispute over whether to raise fees for private homeowners in Lake Tahoe that want to use a pier or a buoy connecting to their private property on the lake, on, on, on waters that really belong to all the people of Nevada. So, so what should these people be paying and where should those fees be going? Should California put their fees to sort of environmental protections? And a lot of environmentalists in Nevada would like to see that and they would like to see higher fees so they can do that. But, you know, lakefront owners don't want higher fees. So that's a really interesting one. Then there's a whole slew of water bills that are really interesting. Uh, some of them were proposed last year. The, the biggest one probably is, I think it's AB30. It might be SB30. I got to check. But basically what it would do is it would sort of enshrine this concept of mitigation in law that's really controversial. And it would it would sort of give... The state uh, potentially more authority to grant water in cases where there is a conflict between a priority rights holder and a, a newcomer, a junior rights holder. Um, if you want to learn more about those, you can you can watch the video that you and I actually made uh, about a, about two months ago now. Yeah, on uh, on kind of explaining water sort laws of in Nevada, Nevada water law. Yeah, yeah. So I'm watching that, and then there there are some other interesting bills as well. Um, you know, I just did a story earlier this week on the legislative agenda for tribes, and they're watching a couple of interesting bills. There's a bill about consultation with tribes, since they are a sovereign nation, and it, it, it's about you know what what the state's role should be in consulting with tribes. This this bill would formalize that process. Right now, um, I think a lot of tribes are frustrated because all the consultation they get from state agencies, and this isn't just about the environment, from, from state agencies is a letter or a notice, and they want really a seat at the table. They, they want to be recognized as a sovereign nation. So 
the the bill would require state agencies to come up with a plan for consulting with tribes, and it would require the governor to meet with tribes at a summit every year. Tribes are also looking at a a bill that is really interesting from uh, Senator Ratty that would allow sort of a mid-level dental therapist to practice in Nevada. And I, I didn't really know the full scope of this issue until I watched the hearing, but Nevada has a really serious shortage of dentists. And I think that I, I, I did not realize how disruptive and how serious of a problem this was until I watched the hearing. And I would encourage people to go watch that hearing because it is the, the testimony, testimony that was given was very impassioned. So I'm watching all sorts of bills, public lands bills, since Nevada is 85% managed by federal agencies. There's not as much public land related legislation, I think. But uh, there are a few resolutions that are being talked about that would sort of say to the federal government, like, hey, this is this is what we want on our public land. Like, we don't want a military base expansion or so things like that. That's what I'm watching in the legislature. There's a lot of kind of uh, diversity in what you just talked about, right? You know, you're talking from dentists to public land expansion yeah. to water rights. What kind of draws you to to reporting on this kind of stuff and what kind of binds it all together? What, what's the? I'll tell you exactly what draws me to reporting on this kind of stuff. My philosophy on journalism is that there are too many people reporting on, and, and I'm not, this is not about people in Nevada necessarily. This is more sort of why I'm drawn to local journalism and why I think that reporting on, on these things are important. I think that there are a lot of reporters that are, you know, quickly pile on to what's trending on Twitter or what, what's what sort of like the shiny object is, what have you. But, you know, just because the, the street lamp is shining on that area doesn't mean there isn't as interesting and as important of a story in another area where where there isn't already, you know, a street light shining on it. And I actually just came up, I did not come up with that street light example. It's something that's discussed in one of my favorite books about journalism called Breaking the News by James Fallows, who's a writer for The Atlantic, and I would recommend it to anybody. But yeah, what draws me to these stories is that they're underreported and they're, they they affect a lot of people. And and I think that I think that they they resonate as well. Like water, water is important to pretty much every living thing, plants, animals, humans. You know, so so understanding where our water comes from and bringing that out into the light is really important to me. I am interested in writing about water because it is in, in it is essentially invisible to us. I grew up in Southern California. Most of Southern California's water is imported from the Colorado River or the Sierras, or a lot of it is. I know that they're trying to trying to go to more local supplies, but but the fact is is like when you turn on your tap, you're affecting other areas in most places where you live. And so I think it's important for people to know where their water comes from. And I'm not I'm not saying that with any value judgment. I'm not saying what people should do. I'm not saying how they should use their water. I just think it's important for them to know where their water is coming from. Well, in, in Nevada, especially, right? One of the one of the states with some of the more complex water laws, we are a, uh, an arid state. <laughs> yeah. I mean, any state uh, beyond the continental divide is going or beyond the hundredth meridian, as they say, is <laughs> going to have a is going to have a different set of water laws than the rest of the country. We have 
we operate on what's known as Western water law, and it's uh, it's it's interesting. What what are what are some of the challenges you find reporting on Western water law, and why it's so interesting? <laughs> I think that one of the challenges, but also why I'm drawn to it, is that water in particular, and public land as well, but maybe to a lesser extent. I, I think really any resource issue. It brings a ton of different people to the table, and they all have very varying views. Um, a lot of them are really outspoken, which is fun. But, you know, in all seriousness, it brings a lot of different perspectives to the table, and I want to hear from everybody, um, and I try my best to do that. I, I think a challenge is is sort of threading that needle, making sure I'm not forgetting to talk to certain people, you know, and, and I enjoy that part of my job, to be honest. I like the reporting. I, I mean, I like writing too, but I really like talking to people like, and hearing about their perspective. i like talking to exploration geologists and I like talking to like hardcore environmentalists and it, it can be a challenge to talk to all of those people and come up with a story that is still, you know, not just, he said this, she said that, this other person said this, but to actually come up with a story that is fair and accurate and explains what's going on. I would say two other things on that point, and I'm sorry I'm just rambling, but I do get excited about this. <laughs> That's okay. Um, one other point is that these issues are really complicated. So you have decades and decades, if not centuries of history that have brought us to the point that we're at today. And the issues cannot be divorced from that history. Like it is just unavoidable. So there's a ton of kind of background that you need to understand. And there's a ton of context and that to be, to be perfectly honest, to be, to be frank, like that is a challenge for communicating these issues to the public is take the Colorado river. There's a whole thing called the law of the river. And it is a basically like the legal documents that have led us to where the Colorado River is today. Like that's really complicated. And to tell a Colorado River story and to not understand the law of the river and to not understand wh why we're at where we're at today. And we're just talking about one river, like, you know, um, it's an important river. It serves like 40 million people. So that's just one topic where there's this huge volume of history. And that's a challenge. And then the third thing I would say is that on a lot of this issue, these issues, and I'm really hoping that this, this maybe starts to change in Nevada as there's maybe a little bit more research around water, is there's, there's not always a referee. You know, There's not always a public policy paper that gives you kind of an unbiased look at an issue. Everybody has an angle. And as I mentioned, like that makes it fun, um, but that also makes it challenging. You know, everyone has an angle and motivation and there isn't always kind of a referee or an objective source to go to. So I end up talking to a lot of people on background, I, 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 in my reporting process at least, but, I, you know, all the more reason I think that that the news is valuable because to some extent we can kind of play that referee and say, like, you know, this person is saying this, this person is saying that. But actually, if you look at this document from the, the you know, late 1800s or the, the early 1900s, it says this. So, so yeah.
<laughs> to answer your to answer your question, <laughs> it's a, a long winded answer, but uh, I think a good one nonetheless. Yeah. Um, can you kind of give us a little bit of tease of what what are some of the things you're going to be working on moving forward, and and you know a little bit more what they should expect from the newsletter, right? Right. Okay. Cool. Well, I don't want to give away all my stories, <laughs> um, but it is uh, mating season for the sagegrass, and um, I'm hoping to go out to a lek, which is like the traditional mating ground for sagegrass. It's like sagegrass, it's sort of like an area where sagegrass will go to mate um, specifically. Are you going to get to see the sagegrass? behavior is like very fascinating to me, by the way. <laughs> I like, like if I were to go back and be a wildlife biologist, like, oh man, it's just like, like bird migration. It's really like one of the coolest things <laughs> in the world. Um, Can but you, I, I, no, you touched on No, no, no. Like, I want to continue talking about sagegrass. I want to hear second. about their mating ritual. Yeah. Because it's well, very no, interesting. Yeah. I'll talk about the sagegrass <laughs> mating ritual. Ritual. So I'm excited to go to a lek because um, the mating ritual for the sagegrass is really unique. And it's one of the reasons that um, people, I think, really care about the grouse and, and look at it as sort of a, a bird worthy of conservation and so the mating ritual, and I it would encourage you to look up a YouTube video. They're pretty awesome. There's one that David Attenborough narrates, which is great because you can do it in his voice, and I'm not even going to try to do an impression, <laughs> but I'm tempted. Um, <laughs> so the mating ritual, um, the male grouse will like go around and strut, and then they also have these like two inflatable yellow air sacs on their chest that go in and out like in a very fast motion and, and it's so fast that it creates this sound that's like and uh it's really a cool it's a cool sight um and i've only ever seen it on youtube so i'm excited really excited to go out to a lek well i'm i'm, I'm sure that the uh, the readers and subscribers of the newsletter are, are excited to hear about uh, yes. about your your lek experience yes, i will document it in <laughs> either a story or a newsletter coming up uh, just as kind of a this is kind of a, a fun question, also related to birds. Can you explain to me why the uh, the mountain blue jay is our state bird and maybe not the sage grouse, which is something that people really pay attention to a lot in the state? I do not know the answer to that question, <laughs> and I'm sorry. That's okay. I wish I did. I will get an answer for you, and I will put it in the newsletter next. Good. Week. All right. Well, hopefully we can uh, we can look forward to seeing that. I know that we may also have a a new state element soon. Uh, uh, neon. Yeah. I know people always are yeah. saying like, well, what about silver? But silver is our state metal. <laughs> um, right. But yeah. Good so old Comstock. So is there is there anything else that you kind of wanna you wanna tease or tell us about uh, about reporting on public lands and water and just kind of you know what you've been working on up here in northern Nevada? I know it's just you and me up here most of the time, except for during the legislature. I think we covered a lot. Um, again, I would just say like if you ever have any story ideas or or tips, please feel free to email me. If you have suggestions or criticism, I'm happy to hear that too. Uh, including the criticism part, like I benefit a lot from reader feedback, so so feel free to reach out. Yeah, and same for the podcast. You know, always tell us about you know how you're feeling about it. Well, yeah. Well, thanks uh, thanks for sitting down and chatting with me today, Daniel. And uh, look forward to Daniel's uh, the indie. Oh, what's it called? The indie environment. Indie environment. Yeah, which you can uh, weekly. Yeah. What what day of the week? Uh, it's gonna come out on Thursdays. Thursdays. All right. Well, uh, check that out. And thanks for chatting with me. Thanks, Joey. Mm-hmm. 
thank you for listening to this episode of Indie Matters, and that's all the time we've got for this week. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed a little bit of the behind the scenes of what Daniel does here. We want to know what you think. If you have ideas, criticism, or even praise for us here at The Indie, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at ideas at theenvindie.com. Also make sure to read our website, thenevadaindependent.com. And follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, where you can sometimes get pictures of our pets. And of course, make sure if you haven't already to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, every podcast outlet you can think of, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I want to thank Daniel for being here today. I'm Joey Lovato, the producer here at Indie Matters. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Indie.